0: Life is hard. If God loves us so much, why doesn't he remove the things that cause us pain in this world? Welcome to Focus on the Bible. If you're asking that question now, or you have before, you're not the only one. This episode is about that exact question. Where is God when I'm hurting?
1: When I was a little boy, before I ever discovered the awesome power of godly music, we listened to whatever was on the radio. One of the songs I think I may never forget was one by a man named Gordon Lightfoot. He wrote a historical ballad about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And in that great song, he summed the whole story up with the sound of his guitar. But there was one question he asked in that song that haunted me then. I didn't have all the answers for it when Gordon Lightfoot sang, Does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? That's a tough question for a nine-year-old. I didn't have all the answers. Where is God when it hurts? Let's talk about this. Gordon Lightfoot may have been under a false illusion about God. I'm not certain of his theology. Maybe he only wanted to be a little poetic about a tough time of dying men on that ship. But there is a false illusion that's very popular and I run into it often as I talk to people. It's a false illusion that holds God accountable for all the things that are in the world that He should fix if He were a fit God. We can't hold God responsible to fix everything in the world that's broken. But this is what it seems that many people think, and they are burned out with God. Many frustrated people who don't want anything to do with Him because they're still angry with Him because He didn't fix what was broken for them. But that's to hold God to false responsibilities that God never ever shouldered for himself. Friend, we live in a fallen, broken, busted world. This is not the kind of world that God created. He created Adam, and then he made the Garden of Eden, and in that garden he created Eve, the wife of Adam, and there they could bear their family and live forever. But it was man's own choice to sin that broke The blessed place they lived in. Sin is to blame for all the evil that happens in the world today. Not God. And God never told Adam and Eve that he was going to come behind them and fix all the damages in the world so that they could live in a better place. And God doesn't function according to that logic today. It's a fallen, broken world. God allows us to live in it. Hopefully, we turn our eyes to Him to look for help. One day, God will make our dwelling a perfect place, but not until the time is right. For now, we sometimes are in a world of hurt. We all are. So where is God Well, he's not busying himself to try to take all the mosquitoes out of the world, remove all the poison ivy, stop flat tires from happening. But God is working as a shepherd to draw sheep to himself, to provide for those sheep everything they need for life and godliness. But don't be disappointed with God because He hasn't fixed everything that we broke by our choices of sin. Let's ask this question, where was God when it hurt? According to the Scripture, we have the record if we focus on the Bible of what God was doing when people were in their own world of hurt. Let's begin with this one. Where was God when Adam fell? Genesis chapter 3 speaks of it verse number nine the bible says the lord god called unto adam and said unto him where art thou so in the worst day in human history on that day that adam has fallen what was god doing looking for adam he wanted to find adam he wanted to talk to adam he wanted to set things straight in the world on that day, Adam and Eve were found wearing their fig leaves, hiding in the shame of their own sin, and God, who was looking for them, wanted to show them what he could do to replace their fig leaf dressing with animal skin coats. God took away the fig clothes for leather jackets, as God taught Adam that he would provide a covering for their sin. Where was God when Abraham doubted? You may remember the story, but God had promised Abram that he would have a son. He'd be the father of many people. It began with a son of his own blood. And for years, God didn't fulfill that promise based on his own reasonings. But Abraham grew doubtful. In Genesis chapter 15, we find Abram with a big hang-up towards God. He says in verse 2, And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And so Abram shows his hang-up to God. God, you haven't done what you promised. I want to show you what the Lord did for him. The Lord took Abram out under the stars and He told him to look up at the stars. And the moment that Abram gazed at those stars, it occurred to him all the things that God had done just as He said He would And the Bible says in Genesis 15, verse 6, in that moment he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So those stars were a testimony to Abram about the faithfulness of God. And in that moment, as he trusted in the Lord and his promise, God counted his trust in him for his righteous salvation. But that wasn't all that God was up to in that moment that Abraham was in a world of his own hurt, in his doubt. But God wanted to do something else for Abram. On that evening, God told him to take up some animals to himself. In that old Chaldean world, when a man wanted to make a treaty with another man, some agreement, some sale or purchase was to be made the men would split animals right down the middle. The men would lay those animal halves out and create a narrow alley between them and the men would meet in that alley. They would grasp one another and declare that if they reneged on the deal that the man who broke the promise, it should be done to him what was done to the animals. And on that evening, God told Abraham to gather for himself a heifer of three years old, Genesis 15, verse 9, a she goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Abraham knew what the drill was. He divided those animals, laid them all out, and God told him that he could be certain of his promise. Verse 13, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance." So in a word, God gave Abraham the full prophecy of what would happen to his people that would come from his own loins. And then God did the unthinkable. God put Abraham to sleep that evening as darkness came on and as Abraham in a groggy state opened his eyes, there he could see God in verse 17... When the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. There is God stooping from heaven as very God to put himself in the place of a mere man to make a covenant with another man. But God put Abraham to sleep to show him, you'll have nothing to do with the covenant that I'm going to keep. I'll do it all by myself. That's how God showed Abraham the power and the faithfulness of God in a time when Abraham was in a world of his own hurt. Where was God when Joseph was being sold into slavery by his own brothers? Where was God when Joseph was arrested by Potiphar and put in prison. Where was God on those long nights in that prison when the butler forgot all about him and that good word he was to give to the Pharaoh? Where was God? God was doing all kinds of wonderful things that if Joseph had had the wrong attitude, he might never have known. When Joseph, in the end of his story, had his brothers scared to death after daddy died, they were so afraid that Joseph now would kill them that they sent a messenger to Joseph and they reminded him that Jacob had asked him to forgive. But Joseph didn't need the messenger or the reminder. Joseph had forgiven his brothers long before and he told them in Genesis chapter fifty this great message Genesis 50 verse 18 and his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we be thy servants and Joseph said unto them fear not for I, am I in the place of God but as for you ye thought evil against me but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive So Joseph knew full well that God was always up to something in his life. Even though times were hard and things were bad, his own family turned against him. Joseph knew that God was at work. And because Joseph went through all those horrible things, God saved so many people by having Joseph in just the right place at just the right time. Where was God when Joseph couldn't find a decent place for his betrothed to have a baby on that cold evening in Bethlehem? Well, God was working. He was out in the field sending angels to talk to those shepherds to declare the glory of God at the birth of His Son and the Savior God was giving to the world. Where was God in the awful moments when Jesus, his own son, was on the cross? Where was God when Jesus was saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God was right there on the scene, friend. The same place God always is when people are hurting. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some have been under a false illusion that God had turned his back on his son. No, it's much deeper than that. Jesus is standing in the place of sinners on that cross with all the sin of all the world on his shoulders. And in that position as a sinner, he spoke to his father, not as his father, but as God. It's the only time you can find in the Bible that Jesus spoke to God with that phrase, My God, and not as His Father. Why? Because there He was taking our place. That one day God could speak to us as His own children because Jesus took our sin away. Friend, in the moment that life hurts, remember that God is all over this. Perhaps God is working a tremendous thing that you won't see until a much later time what He was up to. But hold your faith in the Lord, the one who died for your sins, rose again to give you eternal life,
0: would never turn away from you now. If you ever find yourself with questions about God or the Bible, we're here to help you find the answers that you're looking for. You can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498. Danielsville Georgia 30633 you can also check out our website www.freddiecoil.org for more information about our ministry again that's o I-e.org. on top of that you can follow us on instagram at focus underscore pod for updates and behind the scenes bonuses about our podcast if that's not for you We hope you'll at least join us again right where you are for the next episode of Focus on the Bible.